Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm. That means it is the second Wednesday of the month, and it's September 8, 2021. And I welcome all of our listeners uh, in Brazos Valley at KEDC 88.5, KYAR 98.3 in Central Texas, and KINF 107.9 in Palestine. Hope that you are able to hear us. Understand there are some tip tip. T- Typical, not typical, technical problems there. And uh, if you would like to contact us uh, sometime during the show, uh, our phone number is 85-LOVE-RED-C. That's 855-683-7332. Did I get that wrong? No, you got it right. Okay. Uh, And uh, we would uh, also invite you uh, to tell your friends about us and that we are available for listening either on our website, redsearadio.org, or through our app. And today, uh, let's start with the St. Joseph Prayer, which we're doing every week during this year of St. Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. O blessed Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, protector of your chaste spouse, the Virgin Mother of God, I choose you this day to be my special patron and advocate, and I firmly resolve to honor you all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly call upon you to receive me as your adopted child, to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain for me all the knowledge and love of the sacred heart of Jesus, and finally to defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen. Amen. And name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, I'm supposed to say something every... Uh, time we do this about St. Joseph, and I have just about run out of things to say, <laughs> except that uh, it occurred to me this week during preparation that uh, Mary was conceived without sin, Jesus was sinless, Joseph was a man just like me in many ways. I'm sure he struggled with his temptations, uh, and God chose him anyway to be the foster father of Jesus and the husband of Mary. Uh, that gives me hope that uh, perhaps uh, I, I've i been called as well as you, each of you have been called by God to do something special. And he knows that we are all human and we're not perfect. And uh, I hope that today Joseph and Mary are having a great day because today, September 8th, is the feast of the Nativity of Mary. Happy birthday, Mary. Happy yeah. birthday. And I've got in the studio with me right Happy now. Happy birthday, our lady. I've got in the studio with me two gentlemen uh, whom you probably know, Dennis Maka. Greetings, Gene. Good to be on the mic. And Thaddeus Romanski. Good morning, Gene. Great to be with you. Wow. And uh, the two gentlemen that are here are recoverers. <laughs> it's been a heck of a three weeks, let me just tell you. So I wanted to personally tell anyone out there that's been praying for me and my family as we all eight of us had COVID a couple of weeks ago, 
Uh, I had it the worst. I went to the hospital for six days with double pneumonia afterwards. So uh, the doctor described it as such. He said, your body is done fighting COVID. You won. You don't have COVID. Now it's fighting itself. And so he said, some people's immune response turns in on themselves and we need to, we need to calm that response. So I went on a bunch of steroids and all kinds. Well, you don't look like they yeah, did anything for your muscles. I asked them to put it straight in the biceps, but they didn't do it. So, you know, <laughs> I guess the lungs are a little more important. Yep. Yeah. So thanks be to God. I have uh, all the grace that I've, I'm recovering. Um, I'm still working on some supplemental oxygen. And uh, I, I guess through all of it, um, I thank God my family is safe. I thank God Thaddeus is safe. Um, and all those that we know uh, that had it and, and are recovering from it still in some way or another. But I also um, know that there are a lot that are less fortunate. You know, we've had yeah. friends that have died just recently and and people that we know that are struggling for life and we pray for them. And so I don't take it for granted. I needed a little spiritual kick in my real, my, my rear end, I think, in some ways. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm full of gratitude for my wife and our children and our whole family and for you, Gene. Thank you. Well, thank you. And so COVID then is really not anything you need to mess around with if you think you have it. Yeah, no. Um, you know, I, I will. Everybody's a doctor these days. But the, the misinformation I had was that the antibody infusion, which I was wanting to get, uh, needed you needed to wait till you're like you're just barely out of the hospital. And it turns out, no, it needs to happen pretty soon. So if you do have COVID, I would encourage you to ask your doctor about the antibody infusion because it did a, a really good job for my parents. Um, but I missed the window because uh, yeah. of the, I wouldn't say misinformation, but the lack of information yeah. that I had, the improper information that I thought, you know, and so, you know, go figure. Uh, but I, I had a little uh, time in the hospital and um, I'm breathing and, and um, I'm very happy. I would uh, to be alive. I would tell our listeners if you hear some coughing and clearing of throats today, <laughs> it's all three of us, Dennis and Thaddeus, are still in the recovery mode with that. And uh, as as always happens when I'm due to have a program, my allergies are kicking in. Thaddeus, how are you doing today? You've got something to talk about. Well, I just want to make sure that we uh, let everyone know who is. A supporter, a lover of Red Sea Catholic Radio, that we have our benefit dinners coming up again Woo-hoo. here in November, kind of turning us to some some happy news, some some joyful news to look forward to. Um, we're taking a little bit of a leap of, of faith, you might say, this year, and uh, we're going to go ahead and put our benefit dinners in Bryan College Station and Waco are going to be back-to-back. Do we have the same speaker at both events? We do. Mm-hmm. We do. The guys of the Catholic Man Show, or should I say the men of the Catholic Man Show, probably more appropriate to the men of the mm-hmm. Catholic Man dudes. Show. We can call the them dudes. dudes. We can call them dudes. Okay, the dudes. They're pretty awesome. Um, Adam Minahan and David Niles, they are going to come and be our speakers, and they're going to speak on St. Joseph. They... I mean, going to Joseph. It's, it's the theme is. Go I guess to Joseph. they're gonna. I guess they're gonna try to 
to challenge Eugene that, that maybe there is a little bit more to be said. Well, there probably is. Joseph. It's just that I, I haven't done anything to do a lot of extra research. Yeah. I see. I see. But no, it's, it's exciting because they're, they're a lot of fun. I mean, we, yes. we pride ourselves on having a, a really fun benefit dinner and this one's going to be pretty uh, loosey goosey, crazy, um, a lot of fun, you know. Well, after Dan- real lighthearted. After Michael Foley's uh, drinking with the Saints, <laughs> uh, they will probably tell us what the Saint Joseph cocktail is. Or well, they they do bourbon on their show. I don't know if yeah. you've you've yeah, been I've, able to I've, hear I've, the I've, show, but they they review a manly drink, a manly gear, and they have a manly topic. And so every first segment, they have well, not everyone because that time they were uh, at the EWTN studio. I don't think they popped a cork on on anything or. Opened a bottle, and, and that time they had Bishop Condorley on recently. I don't think they uh, they stop and took a drink with him yet, but uh, but you know it it um, th- it's a fun, lighthearted show, and we're excited that they're coming in. And every Thursday morning at eleven a.m. Yep. Okay. And, on and KEDC the- or KYAR or KINF. Yep. And let me give you those details before okay. we get done. Yeah. So KEDC Bryan College Station going to be November eleventh. Thursday. Thursday, November 11th mm-hmm. at the Brazos Center. And then the very next day, Friday, November 12th at the West KC Hall. Yep. Knights of Columbus Hall. It's going to be for our KYAR benefit dinner. Hey, there's no problem. We're very happy if you want to buy tickets or reserve table at both benefit dinners. If you'd <laughs> like to come to both, you're more than welcome to. Let's start but with please one. make sure you come to one of them. Heck yeah, man. We want new people. Invite new people to this because it is a lot of fun. That's an, that's. I'm glad you brought that up, Dennis. That is our big goal this year is we want to have the more new first-time benefit dinner attendees than we've ever had at yeah. any other benefit dinner. And, well, and except for the first benefit dinner. I don't know if we could right, top that. Right. Okay. Now, the, the <laughs> Bryan College, the Bryan, Brazos Valley one is going to be where? At the Brazos Center. Center, same location as last year, okay, which on is out on Briarcrest. On Briar at Briarcrest, by the Target. Yeah, behind not the, target. the Brazos Expo. It's That's the Brazos it. Center. The Brazos yes. Center behind the Target, which is on where the Briarcrest. it's where the Brazos Valley Museum of Natural History is. Yeah. Correct. That's correct. You could go get dinner at the Cracker Barrel there, off well, of Briarcrest, but don't do that. Just go, keep going, turn right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And go into the Brazos Center and eat at the benefit dinner on Thursday, November and, 11th. And those tickets can be purchased online, correct? Yes, at redcradio.org slash benefit. Yep. Or you go to our webpage and click on David and Adam giving each They're other a fatches. toast. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. giving each other a toast. Yeah, they're saying salud. Yeah. Cheers to Jesus, Slancha. as they say. But it's, it's going to be a rip-roaring good time. And, man, I'm looking forward to it because people every year talk about how wonderful it is not only to get together with like-minded Catholics to support a great cause, but just to have a darn good time doing it and just be able to kick back and laugh and have a lot of fun. And so now if that's we have, important. If we have time to make another announcement, just one more announcement, a plug for another benefit dinner that's coming up on September 16th, Thursday, is the Elizabeth House Maternity Home benefit at the Ice House in oh, Bryan. That should be interesting. Um, that starts at 630. You can go uh, to their website, which is Eliz, Eliza, elizhouse.org. And if you can't remember that, just uh, Google do, search, do Google search on it. Elizabeth House, yeah. Brian, Texas. But, uh, now, this might be a turnoff, and I don't want it to be a turnoff for people. I still want you to come out and support a very, very good cause, very much a part of the, the pro-life cause. 
but I'm going to be the MC for the event. Mm-hmm. Well, that that settles it. <laughs> <laughs> so we won't say which way it settles it for Gene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm excited about that. I'm nice. looking forward. They're going to have uh, Shayla Rivera. She is a professor of practice in the aerospace engineering uh, department. She is actually a former rocket scientist. And so she's going to be speaking about Mission Possible, how the donors make the Elizabeth House Maternity Homes it's, Mission Possible. So you do have to be a rocket scientist to be able to, to give this talk. I, apparently, this one you do. Yes, I went through one year of aerospace engineering. Does that qualify me as a rocket scientist? I don't think so. I think that qualifies you as a rocket dropout, <laughs> a rocket dud. I think is what it qualifies you as a dud. I, I imploded. Yes. Okay. Uh, we were going to have a ge- <clears throat> we were back going, to you, Gene. We were going to have a guest this first period, but something unavoidable came up where he couldn't be here. Uh, it's first period. Are we? This, Are we back in first, school? Yeah, the first period here. Uh, we'll have a bell, and then we'll go into second period. <laughs> okay, okay, great. Uh, T.J. Pointer, and uh, the reason I wanted him to uh, come and talk to us was that he is the new head of the men's ministry here at St. Mary's Catholic Center. Uh, T.J. gave me a little bit of information that we could tell you about him, that he graduated from Texas A&M in 2018. Youngin. A youngin. Well, and it's good that he's young because he can really relate to the students here, and the students can relate to him. Uh, and he went to do life uh, mission work for, I think it was three years at uh, Life Team, and he was out of the Atlanta area in North Georgia and in the mountains. And he was mainly as a youth retreat minister and for summer camps from May to August. And he's really glad to be back at Texas a- and Texas A&M. Uh, you can, if you look, want to talk to TJ, and, and it, so his men's ministry, he's got responsibility for everything about male students here. So if you're, a, if you have a child, if you're listening and you're a student and you don't know anything about this, or if you are a parent or a grandparent or somebody that's just a friend of a student here, a male student here, have them get in touch with TJ. Uh, and his email address is on the website, aggiecatholic.org. Uh, they do excellent work here. Uh, it's among the main excellent ministries that there are. Uh, in the second part of the program, I'm going to have as my guest Joe and Cheryl Franklin, who are some people that I've known for almost as long as we've been here in Bryan College Station. And I think the, uh, everybody else here knows them as well. And, uh, and we, remember, if you want some men's ministry, come to the Benefit Dinner November 11th or November 12th. See those yep. Catholic Man Show guys. And we'll be back right after this break. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm, and I have in the studio with me here now Joe and Cheryl Franklin, along with Dennis Maka at the boards, trying to keep me honest. And I invite all of our listeners to uh, give us a call if you'd, if you'd like to talk to Joe and Cheryl, or if you have a question or just a comment. And 
That number is 85-LOVE-RED-SEA, 855-683-7332. And our listeners on KEDC, 88.5 in the Brazos Valley, KYAR, 98.3 in Central Texas, and KINF, 107.9 in Palestine. And I'm not sure whether we still have uh, some technical difficulties in Palestine. Uh, You may pick up with us along the way. Uh, and I also invite you, if you don't have that or you would like to have some of your friends or family uh, listen to this, go to redsearadio.org and click on the listen button or use our app to be able to listen to this program. And by the way, the program will be available as a podcast uh, in a week or within the next week or so. A Cu- couple of days, Dennis is saying. He's, he's very fast. I didn't realize that. <laughs> Well, Joe and Cheryl, so good to have you here. Good to be here. It's good to be here, Gene. I was just commenting before the break that we've known each other for quite a while. I don't know. I think you were among the probably some of the first people that we met when we moved here to Bryan College Station. Oh, wow. It's only been about 13 years. So Hmm. we've been here a while. You've been here a while. We've been here. We're almost old timers now ourselves. Almost. Okay. uh, Joe and Cheryl have. I've got a lot of irons in the fire all the time, and your story is interesting. And, and when we talked a week or so ago to discuss what we were going to do here, uh, Joe said since he is so much of an extrovert that when I ask questions, I need to ask Cheryl first so she gets a chance to talk. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so w- with that in mind, Cheryl, would you give us a little bit of your background? You, you're both converts to Catholicism. Correct. And yes. And but your your story was interesting in that you should have been a Baptist. Yeah, I grew up in California. Our next door uh, had a church, a Baptist church, and we went there occasionally. Uh, my dad took us home and did a lot of uh, Bible reading at home. But that's about all. I knew one person in high school that was Catholic, and um, that was it for my upbringing. Um, going swimming every day and working on that. So you were, were you a championship swimmer in high school? I was pretty good. All American. <laughs> <laughs> now, Cheryl, you're supposed to tell this this true story here. Not not, it's not bragging because God has used that in a lot of ways. I'm sure God used that to be able to bring you here to the uh, to Texas A and M, right? Yeah, I came to Texas A and M on a swimming scholarship, and it was pretty dramatic from California. I uh, got into an airplane and uh, flew here and ended up at Eastwood Airport, and I opened up the door to the airplane, and I'm like, <gasps> I. I can't breathe. <laughs> it, it's too hot. I can't breathe. And there's no smell of palm trees or oranges. <laughs> no, no. So uh, did did you swim competitively for A&M then while you were yeah, here? Yeah, I, I did my uh, two years here. I, I did uh, two years in California, and then they kind of talked me into coming to Texas A&M to finish up my two years at LBG. Was that... Two years in a junior college in California? Yeah, Ventura, California. Okay. So that's Southern California, right? Yes. Oh, that's the nice part of California, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, it's pretty. So then when when you graduated, some you and Joe were better than friends at that point, right? Yeah. Um, 
met Joe um, at a coaching a basketball class at AM. It was um, my last class because I knew I was going to San Antonio to coach swimming and water polo. That was what I chose to do with my degree. And um, that's when Joe and I met. And uh, that's where Joe's supposed to come in and talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Save so, me. <laughs> Joe, why don't you tell your story? Because your story is, is almost as dramatic as, as Cheryl's at this point. I grew up. <clears throat> Pardon me. I grew up here in Bryan and went to Stephen F. Austin. We were the, actually the last graduating class, and they before Bryan High, they brought Kemp, which was an all-black school, and Stephen F. Austin together to form Bryan High in '72. Thankfully, I missed that transition. And they, they had some adjustment period, grow, growing pains, but then finished back up here at A and M in '76. Left and worked in real estate, and then subsequently for Tentacle Oil Company in their petroleum exploration department. I went through a big conversion process in my and came into the Catholic Church uh, Easter of 80. At, I was actually the first RCIA class at Christ the Good Shepherd Parish in spring. And because I kind of was on fire, wanted to learn more about my faith, so I enrolled in University of St. Thomas to study theology and had some goals there, but God in his wisdom brought me here to A&M to work on a degree in exercise physiology. I wanted to be a coach. And how Cheryl and I met was just sheer Holy Spirit pushing us, and we wound up in the same class together where we were supposed to be in two different places. I was supposed to be up in Arkansas working for an oil company. We met, and um, I proposed to her over the phone in October, we our first date was in August. So the, what you're saying is it's all right for a guy to use Zoom to propose to the, to his girlfriend, right? This was pre-Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. Right. But um, so it got up my nerve to ask her out. We dated, proposed, and went down to the Riverwalk, San Antonio, made it official, I think a few weeks later. And then we were married that June of 82 here at St. Mary's. Okay. Let's back up a little bit. Talk about your your upbringing here in Bryan. Uh, if I remember correctly, it wasn't a particularly religious home that you were raised in. No, I was the youngest of seven, and mom uh, was born Catholic and died Catholic, but in between really searched for her faith. And she had a really rough childhood growing up, and the last remember she had of her father is he gave her a rosary at the when she was 12 years old. She's in a car, and... and said some something by to her and left. So dad grew up in a strict Baptist household, and they made the very fateful decision, which they later realized was not the correct choice. They were going to let the kids find Jesus on their own, and most of us really didn't. So, but God had his way, ultimately, and my sister met somebody who converted, she converted to Catholicism. My brother came home from UVA one summer and noticed the difference in Janice, and he took instruction at St. Joseph with my mom and dad in attendance, and he came into the church. And working for Tenneco one spring, I went to go join him for the Easter holiday and went to my first Catholic mass in a small town in Virginia and felt something palpable there that I've never hadn't felt in a church. And in hindsight, it was the, the, presence, the, the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist that I felt. 
wanted to know more about the church. He gave me a catechism, and I entered in the the RCIA class in a seventy nine and came into the church at Easter of eighty. That's quite a remarkable thing. Again, a Holy Spirit thing that you went to Virginia to visit your brother at that particular time, and that God used that that saying yes to something that maybe you did or didn't want to do, but you did it. And the Holy Spirit used that. God used that through the Holy Spirit to speak to you while you were at that Mass. Absolutely. I, when I was reading the Catechism, it's not approved anymore. It's Christ Among Us by Anthony Wilhelm. It was good for No me. relation, by the way. No. <laughs> it, is, it is excellent for me at that moment. And as I re- was reading it, it's like I was reading my driver's license. It was that profound. That it, not that my driver's license was profound, but it was that. It, it was fact. It meant... It's hard to express what it meant to me, but I read it and just, I never had a question. But, Cheryl, when you were married, you were not Catholic at that time, were you? No, we were married. Uh, well, I agreed, you know, because of the, we were married in the church, St. Mary's, that agreed. This St. Mary's? This St. Mary's, yeah, here. Father Al Father, Al Father Leon Strider. Yeah. No, or was it Bill Brooks? Uh, anyway. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you you weren't Catholic, and and, and no. it, uh, with all, with all of his enthusiasm, he couldn't talk you into it. At oh, that point. he was relentless at times. But his um, he had a, a sister friend that kind of said, "Just wait, you know, the Holy Spirit or the God's um, God would only touch my heart." And it, it took me about two years, I think. Until I decided, you know, yeah, this is what I want to do. So but did that happen here? Or was that it was at St. Mary's here. Yeah. Okay. So after you were married, you spent two more years here at A&M? No, we were married in 82. And then um, I worked and finished my master's. And at the time, I kept turning more and more towards a science. I was taking science courses to beef up a, a, a science absence of science background. And at the time, I thought I wanted to go into grad school, and so we left here in 87 and went up to uh, Hanover, New Hampshire. For I was accepted in Dartmouth uh, graduate program in biochemistry, okay. a big right turn. And So you, you then obviously had to have some things upstairs to be able to accept it by Dartmouth. Well, I say it was because... They, they didn't A&M, have enough Texans A&M, there. A&M had won the South Coast Conference two years in a row, <laughs> and I think that had a lot to do with it. Uh, listeners, I've got Joe and Cheryl Franklin with me here today, and and we're going to be talking with them uh, about their life together and some of the uh, the pathways that they've taken through that life. And I invite any of you who would like to talk to Joe and Cheryl, if you know them, I'm sure that they would be happy to... Uh, Say hello. Uh, call us at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. That's 855-683-7332. And you can do that whether you're listening on KD, KEDC 88.5 in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 in Central Texas, or KINF 109, pardon me, 107.9 in Palestine. Or if you're doing this online, uh, either from our website or from our app. You, you were just talking about, now you got to, to Dartmouth. So what, what happened at Dartmouth to each of you? That's uh, something a little bit different for each of you happened, correct? Correct. And you decided to do something. You went there for a Ph.D., was that right? 
Correct. And um, something happened that I think God was, that was a hook. He got us up there. And at some point, I looked, something happened one day, and I made the reflection, you know, I would have liked to have been a physician, but it's too late and too little. But as I said, I give all credit to him. He had other plans, and things started falling in place. And I applied and was accepted in that uh, for the class of '88. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of, in, and they said a lot of internal support because I've been up there, played rugby, and worked for several people in their labs and uh, people on their own, without me asking anybody. I was trying to keep it a secret because I was kind of embarrassed. But they, many people went on their own behalf to speak to the dean of admissions, and that's what they credited my getting in was the internal support. Well, so again, if we get in the spot where God wants us, he can do wonderful miracles. Amen to that. So what were you doing at this time, Cheryl? Well, I was teaching school, had several different um, jobs until, you know, all through, um, you know, I did elementary, I've done um, preschool, I like that one, and um, just kind of helping us pay the bills and have food on the table. Sometimes we ate a lot of peanut butter and jelly, but... Well, there's a lot of protein in peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of energy in jelly. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, did you teach... Did you coach any swimming while you were up there? A little bit, yeah. Um, they had a swim team up there, and I kind of got involved a little bit, and that was good because it was in the evenings, and it was fun. But the the main thing um, I think also that happened up for us was we were able to adopt our two children up from New Hampshire there, and that just changed the whole whole idea of what, you know, what we thought we were about, you know, <laughs> being parents, you know. But so how did you balance being a, a mother, working, and being the wife of a med school student during that period of time? Because med school students' life yeah, is I pretty— Yeah, I never saw him. <laughs> I had to decide to have fun doing what, you know, people do when they're in, you know, their uh, training and stuff, and— I decided to get involved in crafts and quilting, and that's when I started doing some quilting. And but we had a pretty good group. In our, we had a smaller medical school. They they intentionally formed it, uh, and about a third of our, maybe a quarter of our students were older uh, and married had done, and married children, and so that had, helped. <laughs> they had had it done other things in life, so we kind of formed a little. Um, Equivalent of home group? Yeah, a group yeah. that we got along, and the, the younger students... Um, Put up with you. But yeah, they <laughs> kind of admired us in some ways, and we were happy not to be single and have to worry about finding the next person of interest. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we had a nice group and was very supportive. Now, Cheryl, you talked about learning quilting there. You still do a lot of quilting. You've got, you've got uh, all the equipment you need where you're living now, correct? Yeah, too much. I'm, you know, too much stuff. <laughs> Trying to get rid of that stuff right now. But. Well, and we'll get to why that's <laughs> why you're you're shedding things right now. We'll right. we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, so, Joe, how long were you in med school? Well, you got up there in '87 and did a year in the labs, working on as a part of the biochem program, and then trans- 
moved into medical school in 88. So we left there in 92. So you got out pretty quick. Well, it's four years. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a typical, occasionally there are some schools still do the two-year wonder, but Dartmouth's traditional four-year program. Okay. So when did your children were how old when you, when you adopted them? Well, they were babies. Babies. Yeah, a month old. Yeah. Month old. Okay. I was working at a middle school and, uh, I got this phone call. The The principal called me in. I got this phone call, and it was from the adoption agency. And then I had to call Joe, and he was in the middle of a class. But everybody was excited for him. So Yeah, it was, it was good. So the, so the, you, basically your two children were raised, their early years were when Joe was in med school. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cody and, came in the second year, and Hannah came in the fourth year. Okay, so you were almost out in the fourth year, but Correct. then comes that wonderful thing called residency. Correct. Where you are home even less. It was a challenge. And so the first year was in Philadelphia, and that was a neat place to be. As, uh, we had a wonderful time in Philadelphia, even as a resident. We still had time off. Then we moved to Mobile. I thought I wanted to do primary care internal medicine, and we were there for a year and a half. No, two years. But I, moved, I, I left residency and worked full-time as a, just working and then wanted to get back and finish my residency. And we moved to Oklahoma City in 95, and I finished emergency medicine residency in 98. Okay, okay. so how, how, did, how did residency life go for you? I mean, because and this all is moving around with these two small children. It was a challenge, but, you know, you kind of accept it and find Others that are just in the same boat and get together and do things. And sometimes without Joe, you just go. <laughs> you mentioned to me that, that somebody had recommended to you that you find things to do to keep from going crazy. Correct. Yeah. And that's what helped me at my quilting and uh, just getting out into the um, different weather that, you know, Philadelphia. You thought te- Texas was tough until you got <laughs> to the East Coast, correct? No, you know, you just get out and, and enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. or else you can wait till uh, summer or, or spring comes along. You know, so you just get out in the winter and do that. Now, you were telling me when we talked, whenever it was, that every place you went, you found a community of people to be with besides the ones from the med school or the residency program. Yeah. Especially in, in religious communities. Yeah, sure. we would find the nearest the church that seemed to appeal to us, and it was we were fortunate to find some active. Philadelphia is a little different because it, it, they yeah they go through parishes. I think Louisiana is the same way where you live in a certain area, you go to that church, and that was kind of fun because you just get out your door and you had to walk to church, you know, kind of thing. And like here, you know, you can go to any church you want. In Philadelphia, you cannot you can go to any church you want, but you cannot register oh. except in your neighborhood parish. Okay, and but it was kind of neat to and get that, out. That is tr- old traditional Catholic. We yeah. would walk to mass, and families would be coming out of their house. And how cool is it that three or four families are walking close to each other together on the way to church? And it's really a neat experience. Now, Cheryl, when was it that you converted? What where in this process did you convert and what finally pushed you over the edge? <laughs> well, God, God talked to my heart and, and then I accepted it and went from there. I went through RCI here at St. Mary's and 
the rest is history. I mean, mm-hmm. so you so all through this this med school and residency, you were both Catholic at that time. Correct. Yeah, she converted. She came made the decision in eighty two. Mm-hmm. No, no, in eighty four. Four. And RCA back then was Father Leon sitting on the stool on weekly sessions, and then she came in the church Easter of eighty four. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so you 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 really pushed yourselves every place that you went to be able to find people that would build you up and that and not knowing you you were building them up as well. I don't know that we pushed ourselves. I think we just said yes and let the current carry us along. You know, it it never was an effort. It just seemed sure. Maybe I need to rephrase that for Cheryl. You you maybe didn't push yourself, but you were open to see where God would take you, and and you didn't stay home and and uh, uh, I I'm gonna say nest. That's not the word I really mean. But you 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 forced yourself to get out and to meet people. I mean, you took you took the opportunities that were presented to you. You looked for the opportunities rather than sitting there saying, "I'm gonna be miserable." No, that's not our. Our way. <laughs> yeah, we're both uh, outdoors oriented. We like activity. We like people. We like there's a restlessness mm-hmm. to go adventure, seek adventure in new people, new places, new experiences. Is that where you picked up bow and arrow? <laughs> no, that was a uh, self gift on my a birthday, and I was thinking about renting a Corvette for the weekend. <laughs> and going out to the hill country, and thankfully something inside said, I'll do something different. So I looked at this ad that had a, a clinic in Missouri, and I called the guy, and he said, um, I said, you know, I haven't done this. And I, I shot a compound bow, but never traditional. So anyway, that led to another hobby. Mm-hmm. Did you go along with him? I sure did, yeah. Did you, and in. you took lessons too? Oh, no, I didn't take lessons then. I just... Brought my sewing machine and did some sewing, I think. <laughs> but she got so into it. We went on a hunting trip, our very first one up in Kansas. You, you, you shot, uh, was it pheasants you hunt up there? No. No, I don't know what you cut. White, white tail. White tail in Kansas? Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that must be western Kansas. <laughs> no, well, anyway, the, it's a huge bonanza for the state, all the deer hunters that come in there. But Cheryl was watching all these programs and telling me about this. And I said, you really need to think about this. No. Well, finally, that was a Christmas present, so. Now she's avid. Yeah, it's a fun thing to do together. We like getting out in the wilderness and seeing those critters come up. And <laughs> oh, she, she's got a great attitude. She and she has the neatest experiences. So, okay, so you did that. Now you said you went into emergency medicine. Correct. That, that must have been a joint decision to some degree. No. No. That was all. It was all Joe. You let that all to Joe, Cheryl. Well. Yeah. So why did you make I that? I prayed a lot this whole time, you know. So why did you go into emergency medicine, Joe? Well, several reasons. Uh, one, it was intimidating. and I, I took that as a challenge. And uh, something within me just wanted that kind of um, intensity. And then, then I tried. I got mixed up a little bit after during my intern year. and thought I wanted to do primary care internal medicine. I did that for a year and said, uh this isn't for me for several reasons. Came back into emergency medicine and finally finished up. And it is. It's, it's, it's challenging. You work half the nights, weekends, and holidays. There's all sorts of tragedy 
And there's some good moments, some re very rewarding moments, but it's, I enjoy it. It's, it, it being a, a, my observation of an emergency room physician is one that has to know a little bit about everything. And, uh, and hopefully he has some compassion or she. We hope so. Sometimes it gets uh, on its last thread, but, uh, you know, a big thing that for me is learning to allow God to help me with this and to try to be the physician that he's called me to be. And it's, it's a daily challenge and with some successes, uh, some failures, but always the love of God that calls me forth each day. So what you're saying is that although that was your profession, that was also your vocation, that was your calling, and what you were doing as an emergency room physician, and you still are to some extent an emergency room physician, you were actually sought as a ministry to people. Absolutely. Uh, not only a ministry, because there's some profound moments in there that have God has used me well, and he has profound moments that he has used the patient well for me. And so I've grown a lot in my understanding and compassion for humanity, even the less kind-hearted and appreciative brothers and sisters that we treat. So you get to practice everything that James is telling us about in the readings for uh, the second readings right now in uh, uh, during Mass on Sunday, which, get, which is to... a, a lot. Where he just James takes out his two by four and hits at everything that is a that we want to say, and it's, he's telling us it's wrong. Well, and the great thing, uh, Gene, about my job, uh, one of the many uh, things, is that I come back from an encounter thinking, "Oh gosh, Lord, I'm sorry, I blew that." And he says, "That's all right." Yeah, another chance is checking in right now. So uh, I get innumerable chances to get it right, and sometimes I do. One of the things I think I heard you say earlier is that sometimes you minister to the patients and their families, and sometimes they minister to you. Oh, absolutely. You know, I can go in and just some neat lessons, and I'll just pick one example. So I, I go into one of the exam rooms at St. Joseph, and there's this 16-year-old kid who's goth, black hair, black eye makeup, black lipstick, black trench coat and everything. And I go in there and I immediately form this judgment in my mind. And he's the neatest, politest kid. Yes, sir, no, sir, of course, sir. And just, I just, I realized he was trying to be counterculture in his appearance, but inside was just a neat kid. Mm -hmm. And so God has used small examples like that to large examples to just show me the the neatness of humanity in spite of the tragedy of sin. Now, Cheryl, did when Joe came home, was he able to share with you some of these things and 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 make it make it you a part of his life there? Oh yeah, he he shares a lot. We always at the end of the day, um, he comes in and he I ask him how his day was, and he would share. And sometimes he'd take a while, maybe a couple of days, maybe share about something that's tragic, especially lately. So, mm -hmm. and you're still practicing. Yes, sir. Part time. Uh, part time. And where do you where do you practice now? I work at Cyfera. They have a okay. uh, their hospital, and they've coned it down. And uh, I've got a great group. Um, they're I'm the only senior citizen, 
and they treat me with some degree of uh, forbearance. And so, uh, well, it's, it's you, a, if, it, maybe not respect, but at least forbearance, right? Forbearance. <laughs> <laughs> now, unless our listeners uh, think that that, that Cypher is a awful commute, you two live near Independence. Correct. So yeah. it's not that any more of a commute than a lot of people do to here in Bryan College Station. A little bit over an hour, but it's a it's a nice journey. I like the quiet and uh, the peacefulness, and it's a great coming back. I feel like a prison break. I don't know if you ever saw the movie um, Raising Arizona. Yes. Well, when John Goodman burst out of that hole in the ground and just yelling, you, that prison break, and sometimes you feel like that. Mm-hmm. I don't shout it through the moon, but the sunroof I have, but I feel that way. Now let's talk a little bit about some of the ministries you've been in along the way, because I, in the time that I've known you, uh, that we've been here in Bryan College Station, you've been involved in a number of ministries, both here at St. Mary's and other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cheryl, how did you, how did you do, get involved in that? Well, usually it's um, see something in the bulletin and kind of pray about it and decide, you know, do we have the time for it or um, get asked to do something and we do it. Well, what are some of those that you've done? You talked about Adopt an Aggie for for one when you were that living was, here in town. Yeah, we had a house over um, at Eastgate, and uh, it was conducive to the students being able to quickly come over to our house for dinner. And we had we've had one, you know, all four years, and you know they come and go, and how they did that. That was a great opportunity to kind of get involved with the students and help them out and have home-cooked meal. I, I really like to cook. And, and uh, incidentally, Cheryl is an excellent cook. I love it when company comes over. <laughs> <laughs> you, you eat better? <laughs> Usually as leftovers, but uh, when company comes over, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> explain to people that, that maybe aren't familiar with Adopt an Aggie what that is. Well, um, every semester when the uh, students come in, uh, there's a program here at St. Mary's that get together and that they sign up, the kids sign up. And there's, I don't know how many people are doing it still because of COVID, but we have um, several uh, groups that get together. They form here at, a- at A&M at St. Mary's and then they kind of get divided up. Sometimes you can ask requests of who you want to go to. And that was it, funny, it, one it, of... It's sort of like having an uncle or an aunt or a foster parent here, True. correct? True. And we've had some great friendships, uh, really special with their, the kids. And uh, it meant a lot to the parents because they've showed their appreciation mm-hmm. in several ways. But uh, that, That's what I understand, that, that some of those friendships continue on beyond their graduation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but that was rewarding. And basically, and also at that time, there was... The campus ministry is run a little different, and they needed more. They needed help, and so we. There's no shortage of opportunities to get involved. Back then, what you're telling us is that if, you know, Jesus has said that uh, he's, he came to serve, and that we're supposed to be servants. What what I hear you saying is, it's uh, is an encouragement to our listeners who maybe are not as involved as they could be somewhere. Look for where the opportunities for service is, where the need is, and whether you, whether you have a feeling whether it's something that you're qualified for or not, volunteer and see. I mean, and if it doesn't work out, so be it. 
go on yeah. to the next thing. Usually it takes some amount of prayer and discernment, decide if you have the time to commit to it. And we have never not gotten more than we've given. We did marriage prep for a long time. And the couples, we always enjoyed learning from the couples and give, sharing what we knew. But marriage, from marriage prep to leadership to anything we were involved with. Yeah, the we, home groups were kind of interesting. That was just a, just a year ago before Martin Knox, well, we were in the program together with the home yeah. group formation yeah. and the workshop that he ran. And right. that was a... It was really, a very a good program. Huge blessing for us for a year and the neat people that we worked with, and then it fell apart with the pandemic and all of that, and it just never resurrected to begin after that. Was. But, but you were also involved at St. Joseph when your children were going to school, correct? Sure, yeah. And mostly you. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's always some need at the school, and it was fun to go to uh, St. Joseph for um, that early morning mass with all the kids. and But she taught for a year because a teacher dropped or something, but she stepped in and taught Paternity. fifth grade for a uh, year. Yeah. So that was fun. Interesting. <laughs> so what, what I'm, what um, our listeners are hearing a couple that's dedicated their lives. Once, once they found Jesus and they found the Catholic church, you've really dedicated your life to being one of service. Well, it's, We're all called to do that. Absolutely, and it's not a, it's not a chore. It's a um, sure. It makes sense, and God rewards the little. You can't outdo him in generosity. We give the little ten percent; he gives a hundred and ten percent back. Mm-hmm. And so we have always grown tremendously from what we've given. Okay. I'm going to remind our listeners again that you're listening to Red Sea Roundup. I'm Gene Wilhelm, and my guests today are Joe and Cheryl Franklin. Uh, and our listeners on KEDC 88.5 in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 in Central Texas, and KINF 107.9 in Palestine, or whether you're listening online, uh, again, I would welcome you to give us a call at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. That's 855-683-7332. What, uh, we're down to about the seven-minute mark or so. So one of the things I want to talk about is when you somehow you got involved, were you went and did a, uh, some training to become spiritual, pardon me, spiritual directors. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that? What, what sure. motivated you to do that? Well, sister, um, which sister came and approached us and said, sister, well, sister Debbie came and asked us if we were interested. She was here at the time and I just, yes. And Cheryl, well, can we talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Does he always do that? About this? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I, he was, kinda, the Holy Spirit just kind of, Oh, yes. I'm kind of, Shoot first and ask questions later, sort of guy. And but Cheryl's more deliberate. Um, but so we did it as a two-year program, and um, very enriching personally. And but um, it, but it wasn't one that was as convenient as going to Austin or something like that. No, there's four no. one-week in resident sessions up in Kansas City at the Pastoral Care Center, where the Chancery. But for us, Gene, it became we jokingly called it the Eighth Sacrament. It was an incredible blessing in our catechesis and our spiritual formation that is just a sheer gratuitous gift of God. Hey, guys, here's something for you. And it's been a huge blessing. Yes. And and you were telling me that you haven't had as many opportunities to do that, uh, use that as spiritual director, even though you've had the training, as, as maybe you would have liked. 
Well, we kind of live out in a remote area, yeah. and it's kind of hard to get together with people. And that's what most people prefer is to have, you know, face-to-face spiritual direction. And yeah. But it's so, been, we've redirected, and I did, we both did spiritual direction for a while, and it wasn't as, I feel more of a calling in what I morphed into what I call a lunchtime ministry. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy the spiritual companionship model where I, we can share spiritually with somebody where they are, where I am, and where they need to, what their needs are at the time, and less of a direct door, direct T, where this is what I think you need to do. It just, it works better, and I can call up anybody um, and say, hey, let's go have lunch together and have a spiritually rewarding discussion mm-hmm. or not. Because the things that were really stressing us, you need to have a, um, a relationship with the person that you're having spiritual direction with. And like Joe said, you know, a lunch date is how you develop that. And from there, you can talk about God and, you know, his love for you and all that good stuff. Now, one of the other ministries that you have directly involves where you live out in the country. Sure. So. You moved out there for probably some of the reasons you thought sh- that you thought you moved out there for happened, and others didn't. And Cheryl is shaking her head here and grinning well, real big. We moved out there because we found a God found us a beautiful place to. Yeah, God be, did find that place for us to be stewards of, and in our thinking, we wanted to turn it into a spiritual retreat. Uh, back environment for people to come out either for a day or for overnight. Mm-hmm. And that didn't work out quite as robust as we would have liked, but we don't regret anything. And it still has served a good purpose in many mm-hmm. respects. Um, Some did take advantage of it. <laughs> but it, we don't, we did what we enjoyed it and it's a beautiful place and we've been blessed and other people have been blessed, just not the volume we anticipated. But, uh, but Jesus only had 12 apostles. Well, <laughs> So it worked out fine, and we don't regret we a single day. Yeah. And, and the way you got around having to pay the taxes uh, that would normally be assessed is rather unique. Rather than having a herd of cows or something out in the back forty, you you took another approach, didn't you? And another, and it was another God thing. Yeah, well, wildlife management. Yeah, yeah our, the county agent Larry Pierce directed us towards wildlife management. We did that. And we enjoyed it. it preserves the. Uh, the natural beauty of the land, and it's a chance to be a steward. And there's a, that's an underappreciated word uh, as far as land use is concerned. And um, we been, decided to do bluebirds and deer and other, other things. Yeah, there's other things you can do. The state of Texas passed it in '95. How you can do that? Okay. So it's worked out well for us. And you, you're going on to another adventure. Let's take about a half a minute or a minute okay. to talk about that, and then I want you to do a little summary. Okay. Well, we're heading off to Alpine, um, and that's another thing where the Holy Spirit is jumped in. And I don't want to blame it all on God. <laughs> but, it's okay; He's got big shoulders. He does, and so, but so we are, if God willing, we are moving to Alpine this December, and we'll put the property on the market in January. We'll still come back. We have huge ties to Bryan College Station friends and family, so we'll be coming back on a regular basis, but we want our home base to be down there, and we don't think we're too old to have another adventure. No, I don't think you are. Now, let's let's talk a little bit about how you would talk, speak to our listening audience 
what is the message out of your lives that you think is a message for our listening audience that uh, would help them to take something away from this that maybe they haven't had so far? Um, I think it's important to have a personal relationship with Jesus and God, and to do that is to have a um, faithful time every morning or evening, wherever you work, to spend with them. Um, and that's where you get the motivation to get up in the morning and decide what you're going to do today, and hopefully the Holy Spirit will help you along the way as well. Okay, Joe, we've got about uh, half a minute. Okay, so we're big fans of Bishop Robert Barron. He has been such a profound influence in our faith life, and he says three things that resonate with us. Uh, make God the center of everything. He's a spoke in the wagon wheel. All, all spokes. He's a hub of the wagon wheel. All spokes lead to him and from him. Two, know you're a sinner, and three, your life is not about you, and you can't go wrong with that. You also said something about be more submiss- the more submissive we come, become to God, the freer we become. True, and I'll, uh, I don't know how many seconds I have left, but you know, St. Saint, Saint Irenaeus says the glory of God is man fully alive. Mm-hmm. Well, the more we, the paradox the world doesn't understand, the more we submit to him, yeah. the freer we become. And Thank you, Joe and Cheryl, so much. As usual, we've run out of time. Uh, and remember, when judging between the values of heaven and the values of earth, always round up.